0: Good morning, good morning, Rabbi Otay. Welcome to Breakfast on the Class. Breakfast on the Class today is dedicated for the Rufuah lema of Avraham Ben Salha Aliza. May he have a fast, easy, and complete recovery, and may every day bring him greatest strength with Hashem's help, sponsored anonymously. As well, Breakfast on the Class is dedicated for the Rufuah Sholema of Yaakov Ben Pauline, Shoshina, Sh- Pauline Shoshana um, in loving memory, and also in loving memory of Mariel's grandma, Belisa Bad Victoria, sponsored by Mariel Dweck. I want to bring up a very interesting uh, pasuk that I think is worthy of our attention. The pasuk tells us, in the final makkah discussed in our parasha, that the barad fell from heaven. There were these hailstones, they were made of ice and fire together, uh, two things that normally would not mix, but were brought together in the service of Borei Olam's plan, of Hashem's plan, in order to redeem the Jewish people from Egypt. And the Pasuk says something very interesting. And I, wanna, I want you to realize what's called in the Hebrew language davar the v'hipucho. So what does that mean? Something and its opposite. Okay? So the two sides of a coin. <clears throat> and the Pasuk tells us Moshe warns them to bring their animals inside because if not, it's going to be big problems. And the Pasuk tells us what happens? Hayare Hashem, the one who feared the word of Hashem. behem toh, he ran his animals inside. Hayare Hashem, the one who fears the word of God. That's one side of the coin. What's the other side of the coin? What's the opposite of someone who has fear of God? Vehalo and the one that was not afraid, but that's not what the pasuk says. The pasuk continues and says, "Okay, who's the opposite of that guy?" <speaking in Hebrew> but he who paid no attention, <speaking in Hebrew> he did not place his heart. <speaking in Hebrew> he left his servants and his. Uh, and his cattle out in the field, and they were, it was open season, and they were killed by the hailstorm of the Barad. And I was thinking to myself that really what the Pasuk is communicating to us is a very deep truth about the essence of fear of God. You do not have two types of people, which is what you might have thought. People who fear Hashem, have Yerat Shamayim, and people who do not have Yerat Shamayim. The pasuk is telling you that you only have yir'at shamaim and those who are not paying attention. What a magnificent classification by the pasuk. There's only two types of people. Those who fear heaven, v'asher lo libo, and the person who's not paying attention. So, what does that mean? What is this idea of asher lo Sam libo mean. What does that mean? I think it teaches us a very powerful concept. You know, we asked the beginning of this week, and I ended with a cliffhanger. Why is it that Mr. Stubborn, Mr. Paro, who's so stubborn? The word Paro means haoref, the stiff neck, the back of the neck. He's so stubborn that he's able to survive all the the the, uh, miracles. He's able to survive all the makot. When it comes to Barad, something breaks inside of him. On this, he says, "Hatati hapam, I made a mistake. Hashem is the tzaddik, and me and my people were the wicked ones." What is it about the Barad that makes Paro issue such, an, uh, I mean, such a telling uh, admission, like? Paro, really, all he needed to say was, okay, fine, go. But that's not what Paro says in the aftermath of Barat. What does Paro say? I have sinned. Hashem is a sadiq, and me and my people, Rishayim. Wow. That's a very big admission of guilt. Maybe perhaps even more than necessary. And I think that is the point here. You know, there are times when God's presence in our lives is something that's really only discernible by someone who's paying very close attention. You need to be focused. You need to have not a lot of things going on in your life. You need to be able to hear something. I'll never forget. I was uh, by the Rosh Yeshiva of the Yeshivat Mir in Eretz Israel a wondrous Tamir Chacham, tremendous tzaddik. His name was Rabbi Finkel. And Rabbi Finkel was someone who suffered tremendously in his personal life. From Parkinson's, he suffered to a degree where his, he lost complete control over the motor functions of his arms, of his legs. And I still remember him now, we're probably about 20 years Twenty years later, giving a class where he spoke about how he went to see Niagara Falls. And he stood at Niagara Falls, and the water, when it's coming down, you hear there's a roar at Niagara Falls. I don't know if anyone's ever heard. You could hear it from along the whole strip. You know, you just hear the sound. And he says, and I was standing there, And I heard, (laughs) it's amazing, Adir Bamarom Amonai, Mikolot Maim Rabim Adirim, from the sound of the great many waters, Mikolot Maim Rabim Adirim, Mishbirayam, how the sea breaks, the waves break, Adir Bamarom Amonai, I hear how great, how powerful God is in the heavens. And I heard, he said, I was listening to Niagara Falls and all I could hear was, Adir Bamarom Amunai. How great, how glorious God is. Now I think you need to be a rabbi like Rabbi Finkel to sit at Niagara Falls and to hear Hashem. That's the ear of a uh, carefully attenuated person. But there's times when even the biggest refuser is unable to not see the hand of Hashem. In the story of Barad, it was unlike, in my opinion, any other of the Makot. There was something unique in Barad that was very different. In the story of blood, right, Hashem turned one thing into another. In the story of the frogs, He brought this mammoth, you know, reptile, or you he know, brought a sea of reptiles amphibious creatures moving from the ocean or from the river onto dry land in each one of those things what happened was an aberration a miracle a changing of the tide and then once the tide had been changed the miracle was the change so if you turn the water to blood it went from water to blood miracle got it But after the miracle occurs, after the moment of the miracle, what are you left with? You're left with the new reality. And the new reality in and of itself, what is weird about frogs? Nothing. The weird thing about wild animals, what was weird about it? That all those wild animals suddenly came here. But is there anything inherently strange, inherently noticeably different or miraculous about the fact that there's a lion and the fact that that lion is eating someone? No, it's a carnivorous creature. Each one of the miracles of the Makot was something that you had to have what they call in the movies, suspended disbelief. You know, when they show you a movie about the the superheroes, right? So I used to read comic books when I was a kid. So, you know, you remember the comic books? Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, all the different arcs. So I used to read comic books when I was a kid. The only thing we Jews had that was even relatively comparable was in the Jewish press. They used to have a weekly serial of the of the golem. And they basically made it out like the maharal was a great rabbi, and the golem was basically someone from like Marvel or DC Comics. Okay? And he was like, wham, biff, you know, all the, you know, exactly. But you had to wait a week to get one page, you know, it was... It's not sustainable. So you watch, you know, you had all these things. The reason why comics are so good is because they make you suspend your disbelief on one thing. And that is that this being is different than you and he has all these powers. But once you accept, once you suspend your disbelief that Superman could fly and that Superman has all these different superpowers, then it's just a regular story from there. It's a regular guy having a relationship with a regular girl, a regular guy seeing a bunch of people about to die on a bus. What would you do? You'd do the same, he's the same as you, just he has all these superpowers. What was unique about Barad was that there wasn't a moment's suspended disbelief, but rather the entire duration of the Makkah was a miraculous occurrence. It was miraculous that fireballs with the ice were falling from the sky. But the entire time they came, even until the moment when they hit the animal, there was this miraculous coexistence of two things existing together. Paro on that, even Paro, was unable to remain stubborn. And I want to share the secret with you. We are capable of being stubborn through moments. We are capable of losing our temper, or losing our patience, or losing our vision, in a moment, in an isolated moment. But when the duration of the Makkah was a non-stop example of one of a miracle of these two things, which should not be able to work together, staying in situ, miraculously in situ, then even the greatest denier was unable to look away was unable. paro goes much further than he needs to he doesn't just say okay fine he recognizes hashem and everything falls away says the pasuk there's only two things when it comes two modalities the people who fear god and the people who are not paying attention if you're paying attention you notice even the smallest things if you're not paying attention Almost nothing will work. The only thing that will work is a continued, no break, a presentation of a miracle, which even as you look at it, doesn't disappear, it doesn't change, it doesn't become the new normal. It stays. Why am I bringing this up? I think that there's a tremendous and an important lesson, first and foremost in emunah, and that is that for most people, the challenge of emunah is in, at least the way we perceive it, is when things happen that test your faith, that's what most people feel, it's hard, it's hard to have faith when so many difficult things are happening, and I'll share with you something that I found very, very interesting, an observation perhaps, After the Holocaust, you had many, many people who had, perhaps, a challenging relationship with the Emunah. And I spoke to someone who made it his life's mission to work with and speak with survivors after the war and talk to them about their experiences, particularly vis-a-vis Judaism. And what he shared with me, he said, was almost a universal truth. Obviously, nothing is 100%. But he said that the people who went into the war with rock solid faith, somehow, strangely enough, wound up emerging, coming out from it with an even stronger faith. Whereas people whose faith was weak to begin with, the Holocaust knocked out any vestige of their emunah. And I said to him, how does that make sense? I'd imagine that even the strongest faith would be tested. And he said sometimes it was. He says, but more often than not, he said almost universally, the people that wound up going into these incredibly difficult times with emunah, they didn't gain or lose the emunah because of questions. So perhaps in a world which is starving for emunah, the answer is not, as some rabbis or educators might think, in answering questions of emunah, but rather in building up the foundations of it. And what we're seeing in this pasuk is that the most challenging thing is to get someone to have a sustained awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, A sustained awareness that without God, this is not possible. Paro himself, the most stubborn man alive, was able to witness it when we were able to keep his focus on something that should not be possible without God for enough time, for a week, where he was able to see that this couldn't happen without Hashem. And then even he, so to speak, broke. It wasn't a conversation with Moshe. It wasn't a class on proofs. It wasn't pointing out codes in the Torah that, that did not make him into a believer. What gave Parot the briefest glimpse of emunah was what? Was paying attention in a way where he could not look away. So what are the techniques that we use to bring this to people in our homes? Because the time of emunah is not when a person is having questions. The time of Emunah is on a random Tuesday. And then when they have questions, they can go back to the foundation of Emunah that they built on a random Tuesday. How do we do this? One of the things that I'm fond of quoting is the words of Harambam. Rambam says that when a person wants to find God, what does he do? Let him look at God's deeds as his creations. Ubruav let, let him look and contemplate God's wondrous actions and creations. I think that there's not enough time spent teaching, going over ourselves with our children, with elements in nature, with elements in our creation. Witnessing the deeds of God. And I think that on some level, the stories about how things miraculously work out for the best, although meant with the best of intentions, about how this person did something and then the flight blew up. He prayed and then he didn't go to the airport and the flight that he was going on blew up in the air. Paradoxically, sometimes don't actually act as something that increases someone's emunah, it rather decreases the emunah. And I think that part of the reason for that is because while they do see that one person had a miraculous survival by the hands of Hashem, they also think of the 499 people who did not. What, did they wake up that morning and worship Avodah Zarah? And did no one ever, who prayed Shacharit in the morning, get on a, on a plane that did blow up? I think sometimes, what people need to see is a sustained presence of God. I need you to hear those words. Not the God that brought Dam, because that doesn't turn a paro. The God that brings Barad, who stays present Throughout the entire Makkah, who's there not for a moment, not for an hour, not for a day, but for a week straight. Where do we find the sustained presence of God? It's not in a moment. I remember once hearing from the Ya'avats, he said, Greater than all of the miracles that God did in Misraim, greater than all of the miracles. You want to see a miracle bigger than all the miracles that happened in the desert? Bigger than the man, bigger than uh, the splitting of the sea? You want to see a bigger miracle than any of these things? He says, look at the Jew sitting next to you in the synagogue. The miracle of Jewish survival is a story of impossibilities. The likelihood of you or me existing and being present in the Beta Knesset and saying the prayers that were originally written by the Anshe Knesset Agdola is a story that has no, it's beyond compare. It does not exist anywhere else in the world. And it is not a story that is only about one person missing one flight because of one good deed it is a collective and national miracle of epic proportions. Noticing that is noticing the hand of Hashem. Noticing perhaps a person who survived the worst places and has maintained their emunah and their faith, he is the miracle. Not his survival, but his adherence, his hope, his strength, That's the miracle. You see someone who goes through the worst things that life has to throw at them. That's a place you learn emunah from. You know why? Because in the place where his heart should have become ice, like the barad, there is a fire. There is a candle still lit. And together with the ice is fire. A survivor is barad. A person who loses seven children in a fire. And a response is to build a place, to make a space for people to study Torah, to throw all your energies into that. You look at a person like that, that is a miracle. That is yistakel bima'asav ubru'av hanifla'im. That is a wondrous occurrence. I look at Mrs. Gail Sassoon and I see unequivocally that there is a Borei Olam in this world because her survival should not be possible. Every moment of her, uh, of her life, of the well, is a testament to me and anyone that Sam Lev, that God is out there. Somech nofilim, matira and in many ways, zokef fufim and mechayemetim. My friends, this idea that fear of heaven is elusive is a farce. It is everywhere around us. Mibsari echzeh eloka. David HaMelech says, I see God from my flesh. So one interpretation, I remember seeing it in the Oya Heskel, He says, from the wonders of the human creation, of the human body, a person can see God. That's one understanding of the pasuk mipsari Echze eloka. I see God from the wonders of the human eye, from the inner workings of the way the lungs work. How a, a person, a human, how does a person function? How does a baby function? in one minute turn from a creature that is surviving in water, in amniotic fluid, it enters into the world and in one second, everything of the body switches over. It becomes from a fish to a human. The, bra- the air that it was breathing through the mother suddenly needs to shift from its ingestion through the umbilical cord into the lungs expanding for the first time. Think about that for a minute. How does such a thing happen? How does the body know? The literal interpretation is, I see from the wonders of my flesh, I see God. But there's a deeper understanding. You know, in the tefilot, on on the high holidays, we say that God, when He looks down on us in our sins, we say that Hakadosh Baruch Hu understands that although we have sinned, He sees us, He understands us, and He recognizes that we are Basar Vadam. Unbelievable expression! We are flesh and blood, and as flesh and blood, we make mistakes. Sometimes I wonder if what David Amelech is saying is Mibsari. I have a soul, I have a spirit. That I do mitzvot is amazing, but is not wondrous. But the fact that with my frailty and with my sin. With David Amelech, who said about himself, What his sin was, the Gemara says, we don't understand it, it wasn't really what it presents itself as. If a person says, David Amelech sinned, he's making a mistake. But for David, on his level, David considers it for himself a sin. David says, from my failings, from the fact that I am flesh and blood, and yet I have managed to be able to forge a connection with the divine, that's a miracle. That we creatures of habit, that we creatures of desire, that we woke up early in the morning and came to shul, that is, that is a miracle. That is ice and fire. When you get up in the morning and you just have no strength at all and your eyes are like, your natural state is a state of stasis. You don't want to move, you want to stay static, but something motivates, something pushes. That's a miracle. You're, you have a Yetzir Hara in front of you. No one will know what you've done. You're on vacation, no one will know what you ate. There's no kosher food, in the, in the whole place you're on this business trip they come they bring you the thing into the room you know it's there it smells delicious you realize oh I can't believe I didn't have any food here it's only this it's only where all the excuses start coming I'm not excited right now to do the mitzvah I'm like oh it's fire and ice mipsari From my weakness, from my frailty, from my fight. That's when we see God. But a person has a choice. They have a choice. To be, to see, to notice, or to not pay attention. A person who looks and doesn't see a human being rising above. But they notice all the faults. You know those people? He's not looking at someone with heart. He has a cynical ver- version or view of humans. Because, ah, if this one is corrupt because of this. This is negative because of that. They're all liars. They're all cheats. Ah, these Jewish people, these religious people, these Sephardic people, these Ashkenaz people. That's how we, you know, that's how people speak. We don't look at them with heart. Then you have the capability of sitting outside and having miracles rain down on your head and destroy everything in your life. That's what happens. When you don't notice anything, the act of not noticing can be an act of murder. Those of you who have been paying attention to the news will understand this on many layers in Israel. Sometimes just not noticing, sometimes just staying quiet, sometimes just not paying attention can be the willful signing of a death sentence for the avadim, for the Behemoth, for the most vulnerable. It doesn't take much. It just takes not noticing. So my friends, with these signs all around us, with these opportunities rife, with these heroes aplenty, with people rising above struggling to do their best even if they sometimes fail, we can actually witness Bore Olam, present, clear, on a day-to-day basis. And when we do, then it changes our interactions with God, and it changes our interactions with the world. V'yitem nikiyim Elokim ve'adam. baruch.